0: Good morning, everybody. You're on Iron Radio. This is Phil Stevens. I am a powerlifter, Highland Games athlete, coach, and I make awesome things for awesome people. I just posted one the other day. I did get on social media, and uh, I had to make a fight kit for a girl that was fighting, and she won and sent me a nice. picture of the fight kit. So, so that was pretty <laughs> awesome. But. Awesome.
1: Uh, this is Dr. Mike T. Nelson, <coughs> Associate Professor of the Kerrigan Institute. Of the Flex Diet cert and the (coughs) Fizz Flex cert. And yeah, leaving for Texas on Wednesday. We'll be gone for a while.
2: This is Coach Durrell out of the only Strengthdale gym in the country right now in Kansas City. (laughs) Weightlifting. Uh, I'm actually 100% out of powerlifting now. I passed the last powerlifting inquiry on. So. Weightlifting, still got some. I guess still got a strongman, and then uh, just all around strength and condition.
1: Sweet,
0: cool, nice. We got
3: Lonnie. Lonnie,
0: I am
2: yeah,
3: Lonnie Lowry. I, what am I? Food scientist, um, nutrition industry consultant, part-time faculty, former competitive bodybuilder, that sort of thing. I missed you at the the uh,
0: Arnold, Lonnie. What about the Arnold? But I missed you at the Arnold. Oh,
3: yeah. It was smaller than normal. I know. I I was sick as hell. I I don't know what was wrong with me. Ugh. Not. Uh, you didn't because know. I know uh, Corey was down there too. Corey Van Wyk and I wanted to hook up with him. I think I ran into Corey. I think. Yeah, and I was just devastated. I don't know. Yeah. One of those things that you talk about Phil, one of those conditions. Yep. <laughs> yep. I know those <laughs> conditions. So. Oh, no, that was disappointing because of the Swiss thing and all that, right? I mean, yeah. just, I at least wanted to walk in the lobby and say hi to a few people. I don't know. I heard the Swiss is coming back to Ohio.
0: They haven't officially announced it, but I hear it is. So that'll be fun. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, That's the rumor I heard too, but no date yet.
3: Yeah. So we'll see. I want to give a. It? Go ahead. Oh, well, I was gonna say, has has it been continuous since back in the old days? I mean, the, I I spoke at Swiss in like '01 or it stop, something. It stopped for
0: two years, 2020 and 2021, I think. Yeah. Everything else, huh? Yeah. And then they just, as far as I know, they had to move it to uh, Ohio because people just still can't get into Canada freely. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they're like, we well, got to move, you know, if we want to keep going.
3: Well Columbus is a good location I don't
0: know. Yeah, yeah I think that's that great worked out well I just don't know how the attendance was compared to normal, but uh I don't know there were a lot of people there I'll go again i'll'll m c again that was fun <laughs> oh nice so, and just announce people in count time that was i'm I'm all game for it Dave if you're listening
1: so <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: that's always been fun that's been one of my favorite events to, to go to. I'm just, I got to speak in Connecticut, October 21st to the 22nd. I'm afraid Swiss is going to be that same weekend. I'm like, don't, no, but maybe yeah. not. Yeah, maybe you get lucky.
0: I was going to give a shout out to my client, Jennifer Bates. She had a strongman competition over the weekend. She swept every event, took first in everything, and earned her way to nationals yet again. Nice. So, so awesome. And did it early. So we have all the way until October to train for nationals. She's like, I'm done. We're just training for that. <laughs> oh, nice. So, yeah, all that. So she, she yeah, Want to get she in early. So, congrats to her. So, yeah. Fun times. And then Jarrell was gone. The reason he was gone was he was at USAW Masters Nationals. I do believe. Tell us about that.
2: Uh, yeah, uh, Masters Nationals in Philly, Philadelphia this year. That was. Philadelphia is not my favorite, that's probably bottom three. Dude, you should have here going, me.
0: I could have lined the whole team up with like Chiefs gear to wear all around Philly, that would have
2: been. Oh <laughs> <Yeah>. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, we have some, We're, you know, walking around, but I mean, I don't know, Philly, Philly's bottom three, it's not the bot, like, I'd have to say my low, my low two are Salt Lake City and Detroit. In Detroit's bad. Those my bad. That's um, uh, but yeah, Masters Nationals. We had uh three girls competing. Um I had Erica, so Erica and two Jesses. Um Erica, she we well she won. We had the the whole thing wrapped up pretty much after the first snatch, but um she also broke an American record in the snatch at eighty three kilos. Um, so it was, it was an alright meet for her, but she was kind of injured, so we didn't really get like our best weights on the bar. Um, so snatches went alright, clean and jerks not anywhere near PR because her it was her back was giving her some trouble. So, um, but yeah, broken American record. I think she took silver on clean and jerk, but I think we had the I had that total by like 11 kilos or something. So, um, she's a national champ again. So last year oh, she was a national no. champion. And then, so she's back to back national champion. Uh, little Jess, uh, Jess Cruz. She, this is her second national meet. And she gets some PR. She's still got like some weightlifting growing to do where she's like, she's still like nervous about PR mm-hmm. weights on the platform. So I actually made her hit her current PR twice in the back because it was some long waits. So her current PR was like 55. So I made her hit that twice in the back and then hit 56. Uh Just missed at 58, 59. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know where she finished up total-wise in terms of like the um place, placements or whatever. Cleaning jerks went well. Just missed on the press out for a PR on that. I'm not sure exactly where she placed. I can't remember. Um, and then the other Jess on Sunday, she, no records, but, um, another national champion. She swept golds on all three. So, so gold snatch, gold clean and jerk, gold total. Um, and that was kind of a prep meet for us going into nationals this July. Gotcha. I can't wait for that. So, yeah, two national champions, three lifters, two of them national champions. So it was just a good time.
0: Erica's going to have to go after Tom Brady's record. She's got two now. She just needs uh, <laughs> six more. <laughs> so, Yeah, I I mean, um,
2: well, we'll see. She's moving. So she's moving to Seattle uh, soon. That's not good. But she's still going to train, train with us. So. We'll see. That's okay. what they all say. That's what they all yeah. say. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Eventually, she will the kitchen and cook food. <laughs> so. Yeah. But. but yeah, uh, it was a good meet. I, um, I think we only missed a few lifts in total. I know, I mean, the other Jess was upset. We, so she won snatch on her opener and then missed, missed her, her next two. Uh, kind of some narrow misses, but I think her elbow kind of bothering her a little bit. She's disappointed about that. But other than that, I mean, I think we maybe missed three lifts out of the three of them, three or four. So was not a bad day. Um, our bad weekend for us, weird, weird kind of area. We were in, it's King of Prussia. King of Prussia is just, I guess it's just outside of Philly, Philly suburb or whatever at a casino. And then I got to catch up with my daughter, so that was cool. But again, it was like she's fourteen, and we're like, "Oh yeah, drop her off at the casino." And we'll do some, <laughs> you know, do some yeah. weightlifting. No, it was a good weekend, so we got a good time. Nothing,
0: nothing screams health and fitness like a casino. Just food <laughs> everywhere.
2: <Right. laughs> the last time I was in Philly, so there was another me. This is a while back. Is a, a junior national meet, and they called it a convention center, but it was just a closed-down Kmart. <laughs> <laughs> that was the last time I was in Philly, and then this, this is the <laughs> – the casino was the next one. The casino was fine. It wasn't that bad. But. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's like – you talked about Detroit, the one we did, and I did uh, – what the hell was it? It was Junior Olympics in Detroit. The convention center was really nice. The whole yeah. rest of the city – was, crap. It <laughs> yeah. was bad. They have some nice buildings. Like, the bad thing is they had yeah. really nice buildings for sale. It's like everything was
2: shut down. But, so, that, I forget when I we went to that. But So, that was the regular Nationals, and I was there all week. And, like, so they – and I don't know what it is about Detroit. And I, I mean, maybe nobody has a job or whatever. I have no idea. But it would be, like, Tuesday – Tuesday, 3 a.m., they're out in the street, just partying, blasting music. I was like, God dang. And it was every day, like Sunday, yeah. Monday, Tuesday, every day, cause we got an Airbnb just like, just outside of the, like kind of deep in the heart of the city, right along the river walk. And man, they were out every night, riding four wheelers, like racing cars and stuff. It was crazy. Yeah. You it, Like 2 a.m., you wake up, look out the window, and somebody pulled somebody's hair off. And you're like, golly, this <laughs> is uh, like the Wild West. Where's Robocop? You know? <laughs> yeah.
0: So, what I want to hit up on a topic is it's something I've been talking about lately with, with people. And for some reason, it, it keeps popping up over and over again. But there's this tendency in sport. And it's in all sports, I think, you know, not just strength sports, but it's often you see a very uh, a genetic freak, somebody that's just naturally talented, and uh, they're just good at whatever they try or good at whatever particular sport, and it comes easy to them. And in a short amount of time, short amount of years, it's, uh, they end up getting beat out by the average people that just work hard. And a lot of it is because basically these super talented people, and I've seen it numerous times, they, it's like they come up, they're, they're a flash in the pan, they're killing it and everything comes easy to them. And then at a certain point, inevitably it gets hard and generally they quit when it gets hard because it's never been hard. Whereas the average person, uh, from day one, they've had to bust ass. And they just keep their nose down and grind on. So, like, it's always been hard. So, uh, they keep strolling. But, and then on the other end of the spectrum, it's, of course, the, the freaks, the elite of the elite, let's say the, the Patrick Mahomes and the Tom Brady's are probably generally those people that were just naturally talented and, and have a work ethic. I mean, what would you guys say about that? I mean, how prevalent has this been in your guys' Life, tenure as coaches.
1: I mean, I would say that's, you know, exactly what I see. Like, you, the people that just show up, do the work, violent consistency, you know, do it in an intelligent manner. And then that's, you know, months, years, decades, you know, make pretty good progress. Yeah. And, I mean, I've been down to my buddy Adam's uh, place in Texas. Uh So he does a lot of grip lifting. He's got a whole bunch of inch dumbbells and stuff. <laughs> and he's told stories of, you know, in Texas, uh, arm wrestling is really big. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, obviously there's some huge sides of beef with eyeballs that live in Texas that do arm wrestling. And he said there's been a couple of guys who just, you know, walked into his gym, picked up the Thomas Inch dumbbell, looked at him, and just set it down. Yeah. And he's like, have you ever done any grip training before? They're like, No. Like, do you realize what you just did is so crazy difficult? They're like, no. And so he's, at first he's like, I'm thinking, wow, this is going to be great. We'll, you know, do some training. This guy's going to, you know, destroy everyone in grip sport. And they're like, nah, I'm just not interested. (laughs) You're already like at the freak, you know, end of the spectrum, but the person was just like, I don't know. It was just, it was easy. So I just, I I don't, I don't care.
3: Like ah. <laughs> That was my first thought, Mike, actually, when Phil was talking about, like, once it gets hard, they people quit. I think if it comes real easy, you're not going to value it, right? The only thing you no. value are things yeah, you no. fight for, I, so they get bored.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're like, yeah, whatever.
3: Well, and what I've seen, they bounce
0: a lot. It's Those yeah. people tend to bounce from activity to activity. And they're always good at all those activities. And they only stick with it long enough. For it to get hard. Yeah. Like, they'll get to the, near the upper echelon and they're like, yeah, I'm done. I'm bored with it now. Um, <laughs> it's just, oh, it, it tears at my heart. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> I have, yeah. I have, I have, I'm not going to name any names, but I have, like, several banners of people in my gym that were this way. It's like, look at this person. They're going to be great. And then, <laughs> they're gone. Yeah. They're just, I'm done. Yeah,
3: well, they done, done, you know. yeah
0: it's true. like, man. And then I have people that are just how do you put this? They lost the genetic war. Oh, but yeah. they have to try hard and they'll just perpetually suck no matter what. But they fucking work harder than anybody else. And they just keep going at it. And like they train their asses off to be average. You know? <laughs> and it's like, yeah. man, if we could just mix those two people together, uh, you'd have a freak. But it's it's. It's disheartening, but you got to just roll with it. I mean, you can't do anything as a coach, no matter how much you want it. Uh, it's like anything in life. Like when you're dealing with an addict or something, of course you want them to get clean, but they're not going to do it until they want to. Right. And I don't know. I don't know if there's a way to instill that fight. Um, mm-hmm. On the other end of the spectrum, you, you know, Jim talks about the whole discipline over motivation a lot. Um, the discipline's more important. But if you look at like, If you look at people that make it, let's say in the big three sports, baseball, basketball, football, like it's a lot of a lot of inner city kids that were poor. And if you look at the reasoning behind that, like, of course, they have discipline, but their motivation pushes that discipline. Oh, yeah. Like they are motivated to get the fuck out of the ghetto. (laughs) Yeah. And that's their (laughs) way out. I mean, it's just the truth. And when you have a massive amount of, I'm just, what I'm getting at here is the argument that a lot of discipline can be fueled by motivation, in my opinion. Yes. Like, a, a shit ton of motivation makes having a lot of discipline easy when those days get hard. You know, so I think it's a, a bit of both. I'm not saying when there's wrong, you need that discipline. You need to just, there's days. You know, I talk to this about with my kids, there's many days that I don't want to go to the gym. But you just put your head down and go. Because I know even that subpar day is better than no day. Uh, as long as there's no injury, you know. So, like last well, week, I was up until 3.30 in the morning at a freaking concert. But I went in and I squatted. Was it great? Hell no. But <laughs> I got it. I got done well, done.
2: But. I would add, well, I had this. Question, I guess pose it in terms of, and part of it is cause I watched, I was watching like a little YouTube documentary thing about Randy Johnson and like the culture of sports now and how quickly you kind of get thrown to the side, like almost leaves out a lot of the late developers who end up being really, really good, you know, cause Randy Johnson initially, like he had a fastball and then he was out of control. And I mean, he didn't really pop until like, like, I don't even know. It was like closer to like his late twenties, almost like close to 30. Mm-hmm. And then he was really good. You know, like he was one of the greatest of all time at the end of yep. it. Yeah, but he's, so he's a late developer. I think Kobe talked about this a little bit, although he went to NBA at high school, but he talked about coming back from, so moving back from Europe to here, he was like, Oh, I was behind everyone athletically. You know, they're jumping higher, they're all dunking and doing stuff and he's like, All right, gotta, you know, catch up. Obviously Kobe's a little bit different in that he was I don't even know if yes, motivated, you know, maybe motivated to prove something, but at the very least like curious, like curious yeah. to see how good he could be. And I think that curiosity is almost dead in like most most sports because every like the people you see excelling. I mean, look how much they do on social media. And it's like, if you're not good immediately, it's like they're out. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's like they're out. Not only are they out, the coaches even kind of are out on you. Like they're like, they're already working with the whatever the kids who are showing right now or whatever. Yeah. You know, that's like, leave those late developers behind. In my opinion, this is my bias, I guess, but in
3: muscle sports, strength sports, it's not just for the Mm 20-year-olds, you know what I mean? A lot of the qualities that I think make you kick ass in something like bodybuilding, and i got to think powerlifting, so long as you don't get hurt, they start to show up, people start to really peak in their 30s and 40s. This is Uh not a game for 23-year-olds, and that takes a lot of time, and time says, you know, you better go to the gym after the concert. You know, you got to have the discipline to show up and do this kind of stuff. Well, and it also brings the
0: point of, I think, Like, we always talk about the the uprise and the change in powerlifting and weightlifting. Like, today, there's arguably more people doing it than ever before. But there's also, I would say, no more of the amount of people reaching a super high level. And it's because those sports have become more popular. So there's a ton, like, powerlifting, the only people that used to do it were serious about it there'd be, like, 27 people in your state. You know, they'd yeah. have trouble filling <laughs> up a meet. But everybody that showed up was a fucking monster, you know. <laughs> and now it's popular, so 97% of people that show up are just doing it to get clicks and to do the cool thing. Got and you me. still have the 3% that are just, they're literally doing it because they love the sport. And that's what I think has changed the most. And that's, like, I love that powerlifting's bigger than it was before and weightlifting. You know, you have these huge meets. But it's arguably still the same percentage of people that are really good doing because they love it.
2: I would say we yeah. actually performed better in weightlifting before. Yeah, I like, can see that. Like Pete Kelly and like that that national team that like medaled. Mm-hmm. Those are like natural guys against juice guys for real. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> Barnett and Kelly were top ten, and Barnett medal. Yeah. Like he got a bronze against like. And he's a heavy guy, so he's like a 105, right? No, maybe like a 105. I can't remember. West Barnett. Um, but they meddled against, like, guys who were, you know, for sure on, like, yeah. Well, and in in pure strength sports,
0: like we talked about discipline and motivation, the motivation used to be to be great at the sport. And I think social media – has hurt the sports by, cause now a lot of the motivation is geared towards your post. Hell yeah. So we see a ton of athletes like they're, they're doing the Kirk Kowalski thing where, you know, he hit <laughs> a thousand for two in the training room and then missed it on the platform. So you see a lot of that, like they're putting their best efforts on Instagram and then they fucking get crushed in a meet Cause they're, I think they're over training and they're hitting weights. They don't need to hit in training Uh because the motivation is now that, Instead of the meat, uh, mm-hmm. but so that can be tough too. It's a uh, the, the, the social media thing's a hard thing, and over the last month, like I said, we were talking about before the show, like I've been distant, from it. and it's it's great, but it's also bad for business. So it's finding <laughs> that balance, it's finding that balance. Like, I made a few posts, I'm like, holy shit, look at all this activity, uh, but. It's hard to get back into that. And
3: yeah, unless you're going to film them in your gym. Yeah, I, yeah. Honestly, one of the things that was most disturbing for me years ago, I was watching some nerdy documentary and they were saying that people just don't have, um, we don't have any immunity to the kind of attention that social media can bring you, right? Mm. So, I mean, th- these guys are going to get hundreds or thousands or millions of views for something they do in the gym. Yeah. How do you say, no, no, you should value a meat? Um, you know, it's more official, I guess. Yeah. But they're just so stoked. So, I'd, I, but uh, the flip side would be chasing that social media thing and bring cameras into your gym. And, but then all they're doing is playing up for the camera instead of yeah. putting their head down and trying to get serious. I, I yeah. Know.
0: It's, that's tough. And, well, and then it skews the, it has skewed the fame of people, if, if that's the right term. Like we talked about the other couple weeks ago on the show. I can almost guarantee you there's a large percentage of power lifters today that just don't know who Ed Cohn is, but they <laughs> know who the latest craze on social media is. Yeah. You know, so the fame is skewed to that. You know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy, but, uh,
1: like it it it, the same could like be said in the bodybuilding stuff.
0: Building. The what?
1: Oh, uh, I just said it also rewards, you know, not to pick on Larry Wheels, but, like, the doing goofy stuff for the camera. Yes. Not oh, just big time. entertainment, but, like, trying yes, to right. pass it off as training. Or, like, yes. you watch most of Ed Cohen's old videos and stuff. It's impressive, but it's also boring as boring hell, Boring as shit, yeah. you know?
0: <laughs> Well, and that's what I'd say. I'd say most people, most of the greats training was pretty boring. Oh, yeah. It was the same shit over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> Repetition. Like you squatted a but, lot of
1: weight again. Oh, okay. <laughs>
0: but I'd also, and especially, and I still say this to this day, that's what, like, of all the strength sports, I respect people that are great in weightlifting the most. Because it's the most boring fucking sport ever to train oh, for. Oh, yeah. It is literally snatch and clean and jerk all the fucking time. And, like, powerlifting, there's more variation. We can box squat. We can, you know, this, that, this. And accessory all these work. things. All the accessory work leads to these things in a great way. Whereas, like, with weightlifting, literally, you just need to snatch the cleaner jerk a lot. Yeah, there's some squats and shit moved in, but you're not going to just squat and get better at weightlifting. Uh, it's going to aid it a bit, but literally, you need to go in every day of the of your training that week and you know what you're going to do. There's going to be some changes in rep scheme and load, but it's the same shit over and over for a decade
2: Yeah, to be good.
0: Yeah, and actually, it takes a special, special kind of person to be able to do that.
2: That's a interesting Well, Just cause this last training cycle, I actually wrote it as like, I mean, kind of like an old, I don't even say old, but just like a, you know, more Eastern European training cycle where mm-hmm. it's just, a ton of reps between and it works. This has probably been the best. Like, like all my lifters feel the best and are hitting their best weights, even on the platform. And we're not taking heavy weights and training, which is mm-hmm. like, that's hard to do with most, most yes. teams or whatever. But, and I, I looked at it a couple of the weeks, you know, last week, just kind of reviewing stuff, but, and like the Eastern European, and i I'll never forget, uh, who is the one Oh five, um, girl, 105-plus girl, Tatiana, remember she was like, yeah, she was right. one of the smaller ones, but she was like, she she could beat the American. She could have won American Open Nationals at 105 as, <laughs> as a girl at the time. But, like, her coach said she never missed a weight in training. Mm-hmm. And it literally just has to do with that. They program appropriate percentages all the time. But again, the pushback towards me and I, I, I actually prefer that kind of program where it's like you're working on details all the time, but is that's boring. Like that's way too boring. Now I added, you know, obviously I added some accessory work and have some other challenges and stuff that I plugged in, but we didn't take any heavy. But yeah, I mean, just the idea of like not going for a max on a complex or something like that, or not being entertained in the training process is such a hard fight for, well, any of the weightlifters that that kind of get on the team, especially if they come from CrossFit, where it's like, you can just, (laughs) I mean, you're never good at anything, right? So you're always, like technically every training session is you're learning, quote unquote, learning something new. But you go to weightlifting, it's like, you're just going to suck at the same thing every day until, you know, you kind of, reach the surface as we were able to do this last weekend. But, yeah, it's that's 70 to, or really, 70 to 85% range, just hammering weights at that. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, look, that's, you look at what kind of the old school stuff was, Ed Cohen and all that. I mean, their average relative intensity was probably around 70. Yeah. In terms of, like, their total lift. So, like, the guys who take those heavy lifts, and maybe, you know, who knows with social media, maybe they just take those lifts and then they post them on different days or whatever. But It's hard to keep people engaged with that for sure. Like 100% in this era. Yes.
0: Yeah. Because I mean, Ed talked about it numerous times about the, he's a firm believer. You only have so many max ish attempt lifts in your life. So he's like, why would you take them in the gym? Like it doesn't matter in the gym. He saved them all for the platform. So most of his time in training was just hitting numbers. Just hitting numbers. And you know, I tried to feed that in my training. Like when I squatted seven seventy, I never went over seven hundred in the in the training. I just knew if I moved that fast it's there. You know, I don't have to go there. Like the risk versus reward in the gym is is too high. Uh save that for the platform. But that's hard to do, man, because you wanna people want that video up. Oh, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Where's the production value? in <laughs> yeah. You know, doing it again.
3: Oh, yeah. look, we'll did it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you need
0: to get a bloody nose and poop yourself in the gym. You know, and it's like nah, we don't need to go that far. It's like you just skirt that edge of of hardness in the gym.
3: You so, know, yeah. uh, if anybody cares, there was a thing on Science Friday on March 17th. I just looked this up. There was a guy on there talking about it was called the uh, the chaos machine of social media. And he was basically talking about the addictive nature of it, like I was saying, we just don't have the immunity to that kind of attention, right? People for umpteen generations grew up in villages where there was mm-hmm. like fifty people and and so now we're we're thrust into this situation that we we're just not biologically built for, but this whole chaos machine was about how uh he was i think there's some new paper that- academic paper that came out, and he's talking about. It's like with the cigarette companies. You know, these companies, they know it's addictive. They know mm-hmm. it has negative outcomes to people's mental health and that kind of thing. Um, and they're, but you know, they'll just hire the right PhD to stand there in a court and defend it. You know, no, no, it's mm-hmm. fine. It's harmless. We have all these, you know, uh, help tools built into our app for mental <laughs> health and for this and yeah. that. But his whole point was it, it just, it's overall it it's it's a bad thing because we we can't really deal with it psychologically, and the companies know it and like do you think they would give a damn about someone like Ed Cohen, you know yeah who deserves the credit and the attention, but he's not the new hotness that's going to draw in the next half a million viewers? Yes. you know it's it's almost like people athletes aren't athletes anymore they're brands mm-hmm. everybody's a brand and i i don't know that's what rubs me the wrong way
0: well everybody's looking for the newest greatest thing you know that yeah that star gets old really fast on social media and then they're always pushing a narrative for the next guy to come up um yeah. which drives social media even more but no and it's it's good and bad like i said there's good and bad to it like the good thing about social media is like it's easier connect easier to connect with like minded individuals in your activity. Now. Like when I started, like I was the only one in this fucking town doing powerlifting. And so you had an outlet and back then it was forums. And now it's like they're right. everywhere. So the bad thing is the same thing.
2: So you <laughs> always
0: suck. Like before when you had a village, you could be I'm, I'm a badass. I'm doing good. And you could be the local hero and that pushes you. But now you find out really fast you suck. You know, even though, and it's hard to grasp, but you're still in that top 1%. Like a girl deadlifting 400 and they're like, yeah, but she's doing five. Yeah, but she's in Yugoslavia on lots of drugs, you know, but it makes you suck really easy. You know, it's easy to suck now and, and not realize that you're still in the, the top one percent of the world with what you're doing, so it's there's a yeah. give and take to it. So. This,
3: the secondary community, you know, the online community is something that's sort of been invented since the internet. I'm not sure the way social media does it now is the best way, but you, there's no doubt that that connectivity that's a big deal. Because yeah. I mean, muscle sports, you know, you're talking about like the big three sports earlier. Mm-hmm. They've become part of those things as far mm-hmm. as preparation, but they're still weird and niche in a lot of ways, and it's it's nice to be able to connect. Your, your only other option would be to wait once a year or a couple times a year and go to something like an Arnold Classic or mm-hmm. where the freaks just come out and they'll drive for thousands of miles, you know. Yeah, or,
0: I mean, back in the day, it was waiting every month for a new magazine to come out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you'd have something
2: yeah. to read and connect with. Or- I'll have this and this is just because per the conversation I'm gonna guess when this group's not gonna be aware of it. But so the in basketball there's a company that has um essentially they're trying to manipulate the essentially manipulate the sport to just be social media and highlights, right? And this is where so there's a lot of, you know, good high school players who are going to this you know, organization essentially. Um, and it's like a manipulation of the sport media to be for social media. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that the NBA did like does well, like they do the best on social media out of the big three in the United States. And it's just because like people clip their stuff all the time. So you like, and the experience I have with kids who come in is that, that is just that, that they just see highlights, right? Like they yeah. just see the best, you know, best action. They'd never watch a game. Right. Yeah. So I almost think that this has kind of been like almost naturally done with um weightlifting and powerlifting where it's like, you're trying to um basically put everyone else under the rug just to watch the one or two lifters that are like, you know, top of the session, but you're going to learn the most by watching everyone. Mm-hmm. So if you remove that, it almost removes the the value of those top lifters too, over time, right, so it's like, yeah, okay, like you only watch those lifters, but what makes them great is also all the other people participating who are chasing them, yeah, relative to what <laughs> right,
3: right, yeah,
0: well, that, and it also skews like let's let's be honest here, nobody posts their bad shit. You know, so basically you're sitting here viewing the best of this person. You're you're viewing only the best moments of this person's life at any given time. Which makes these viewers think, man, they just they just fucking win at everything. They never have a hard day. They never suck. They never feel bad. They're just always in the gym doing amazing shit. And. A lot of my days suck, or a lot of my days are average. Well, yeah, because you're not seeing those days from them.
3: Yeah, it's human nature to yeah. want to put your best foot forward, I think. Yeah. And it's all this value signal, even with food. Look yeah. at what I eat. You know, people post food. Like, I know Mike and I have done this over the years, too, and I'm <laughs> sure all, all of this probably. I don't, I don't know if you have or not, but it's like, this mm-hmm. is. A, look at this amazing meal. We're, we're in some weird location, and, you yeah. know look how they eat kind of thing. But for a lot of people, it's that value signaling. And it's like, yeah, look, I win again. And look how, yeah. you know, yeah. how um, winning I am yeah. <laughs> in all things. Yes. Yeah. And it just, it, yeah. it's what was that movie that came out? Uh, that guy was talking about, uh, some guy really blew the lid off of that. Uh, I forget what that was called. The, the Subtle Art of Not Giving an F or something <laughs> like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mark uh, Manson. Mark
1: Manson. But yeah,
3: because uh, you yeah. get you, you get tired of it because you're right, Phil. It creates this sort of this facade that yep. you know all this guy does is win night and day. Yep. And that's it, a good point, Jarrell. If you if you don't have the the also rans or you don't have the failed attempts, you don't. It's not relative to anything. You don't have anything to compare it to to appreciate it. You know all that winning. Like yeah, how winning it is it? Yeah, it makes it easy to give up too. <laughs> Cause you're like fuck. Well, I missed. I missed
0: a basket. He never misses. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I suck. But let's talk about you, Lonnie. What have you been up to? Oh, uh, something amazing.
3: Well, yeah. Well, doing some consulting in the corporate world, and Mike's heard the belly aching about. I'm still adjunct teaching. You know, okay. just online teaching and stuff like yep. that. But. um yeah, uh um, because my schedule is so weird with with the consulting. Actually, I'm able to actually do podcasting and stuff now that I wasn't able to do before because, you know, Mike knows what this is like, but when you work in a corporate <laughs> environment, they kind of own you. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, in a lot of ways, uh or they want a certain amount of control and I can I can see why I suppose. But yeah, so I I did uh for years I we've been sort of co-branding Iron Radio, nutrition radio, so I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what, I have time to just to do these little 10-minute news segments, so I just did the, the news stuff. Um, the good news is I've got a server and enough space on it, then I can do something like take this episode or, you know, once a month um, take whatever you, you guys like from Iron Radio and pump it through like yet another channel, you yeah. know what I mean? Like another network, because we are all so bad, at least I mean, I feel that. I know, Phil, you were just saying Mm -hmm. that about how so bad about social media. So it's like, you know what, I I can release bonus episodes or do a different uh, thing just so it starts showing up again on iTunes and that kind of stuff. Because if you're not chasing a lot of this stuff, and I'm not (laughs) – these marketing materials I've been looking at, you really need to pay TikTok influencers or create (laughs) contests to get them to push your content. And I'm like, no, Mm -hmm.
2: hard no, hard no. Um I have a question for next? you guys <laughs> kind of off off the beaten path but really for all of you but uh if you think about all the like best information and best advice you've ever gotten was it online or in person It was always in person Always yeah. in person uh, 100% Yeah
0: But I oh. also took a different route than most people So I literally if I wanted to learn something I fucking went there I lived out of a backpack in a club like 12 years. Right. So.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good point. Uh, I'm I'm just curious because, like, especially you, Lonnie, like, um, you're a lot of the information that you and Mike deal with is, you know, across the globe, essentially in terms of studies and whatnot. So I'm curious, like, the best learning that you guys are able to accomplish.
3: You know, Mike, you travel a lot, like Phil, but for sort of different. I mean, you don't live there, but you stay for extended periods, right? Yeah. And I mean, it's it's like going to conferences. I don't like online conferences. Mm-hmm. It, no it just... Be, it, I just have to shackle myself to the computer desk to slog yes. through it. And when you're there, it's actually rewarding, you mm-hmm. know? Um, I, how do you feel about that stuff, Mike?
1: Uh, for me, it's been both, but I would say probably more in-person, but sometimes the in person then translates to online, right? So I met, you know, Adam Glass when he was up here, did some bunch of grip competitions with him. And because I've had so much experience in coaching from him in person, now if I send him a video and he sends me a text back, it makes sense. Right. Um, similar for conferences, like, you know, anyone who's gone to conferences, like you see the main presenters and it's usually good info, but it's a lot of the other I mean, I can just think of the last three conferences I was at, like probably some of the best information I got or the things I learned the most was, you know, sitting next to somebody at breakfast or Mm -hmm. having a conversation in the hall. But that's also facilitated by seeing their talk and then knowing what specifically to ask them after. So it's kind of it's kind of both. And like what Lonnie was saying, like, I love pre-recorded stuff that I can kind of watch on my own time. I think is great. Uh, But similar, I did one conference. It was a three-day nutrition conference online, 2020. And it was great because there were some speakers there that I had never been able to see. You know, some from, you know, Australia, New Zealand. It's hard for them to travel. But after, like, literally the first day, like, I couldn't sit through the next two days. Like, I just couldn't hack that much of a time sitting there watching it. And because it was live, I didn't have the chance to, you know, watch it later. So I think it's a combination of both. And what I realized for myself is the stuff that's online, I like to do asynchronously. So I have, I still have subscriptions to like old printed journals that show up in my mail because I can put it next to the couch and I can sit there and just grab the journal and read it. Or I'll pull a bunch of stuff off into Evernote. So on my iPad, the only thing I can do is read studies on my iPad. There's no social media. There's no nothing else on it. But I get to do those kind of on my own schedule. So. Yeah. I think it's both. And I think newer trainers would be better served to go to physical events. And I know for when I get follow-up communications online, if somebody paid to go to an event, and we've talked about this before, like I'll help those people all day yes. compared to some rando who I don't know who just sent me a random message who I've never met before. Eh, odds of them do much with it. They might, but it's – It's much lower because they had no skin in the game either. Yeah,
0: and the thing is, what you're talking about is generally, and I've learned both online and in person, but what usually fuels my online learning is the in-person meeting first. Oh, sure. You know what I'm saying? So that's where I say, like, I wouldn't have delved that far into that individual stuff if we hadn't met first. Mm -hmm. And also the fact, which I've said it numerous times, like we just talked about the Swiss, The talks are great, but they can only get so much done in their allotted time period. Yep. So it's all those questions after in the hallway, at breakfast, at dinner that you miss on an on an Internet platform. Like those don't exist. There is no hallway after the talk where you can go, hey, I'm going to skip this talk because I want to ask that guy 10 more questions. Mm -hmm. And like you said, they're usually willing to answer those questions if you're in an event you paid a large amount of money to go to. Yeah, so whereas they're not, if Joe Schmo reaches out to them online, they're just going to ignore your message.
3: So, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. so you know, this is a probably a topic for another day. But I had a student mention to me recently that there are now AI programs that will you can type in, you know, here is my situation, build me a program so I can compete in X, like mm-hmm. an oh, exercise, yeah. and and it's like. Wait, what? Because if you're not valuing all the nuance of the human interaction, and let's face it, I'm an introvert. I'd rather not be around people most of the time. (laughs) But but the the people that you do want to be around, it's really valuable to do that. And I agree with Mike about the asynchronous. I like to do things when I'm ready to do it, you know, uh, when it comes to certain kinds of group training and that kind of stuff. But like you said, Phil, that's where the discipline comes in, and you have to learn to value that face-to-face because – Otherwise, AI is going to just bake up something for you. Yeah. Uh, and I know it's still probably valuable to have a coach involved because, you know, garbage in, garbage out when it comes to those sort of algorithms and machine learning and all that stuff. But um, yeah, I, I would think, yeah, that that's going to be one of the risks if you're all online all the time. Because I don't think anybody's going to say online is, isn't a valuable source of information. Mm-hmm. That's We generally read stuff now. Yeah. I mean. But yeah i I don't know the whole a i thing is gonna get its tendrils into uh fitness programming and stuff like that too and well it's it's also
0: in my opinion it's easier in person to tell somebody's full of shit oh yeah <laughs> you know than it is online like it's really easy to make an online persona and put out content.
3: And Persona. It, Persona. That's what I mean by brand,
0: yeah, right? It's, people catch it and they stick with it. And then, but in person, it's hard for these people to pull that off. It's just like it's, it's really easy nowadays for somebody to be a tough guy on the internet. You see him in person.
1: They ain't so tough. You
0: know? <laughs> it's the same thing happens, just a different, different context. So it's easier for me to tell if somebody's like, if the rubber's hitting the road in person than, than in a talk. So.
2: I literally just <laughs> while you guys were were doing that, typed in, I want to be an Olympic weightlifting champion. Can you write me a program in the chat GPT? <laughs> and it told me to find a coach. Oh, there you go. Good. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow.
0: That's the best internet advice ever. Yeah. Right. So
2: yeah. <laughs> uh. and I may give some very general advice. Develop a training plan. Focus on technique. Build strength.
1: Yeah. And then yeah. at the end
2: it says again, it's essential to find a coach. So yeah. well, the
3: the social media, the app that I I have to ask her. I was talking to one of my students about this, and apparently it what it does is it'll it'll go through the top advice from top people and try to literally answer specific questions, you know, and mm-hmm. I don't know what, what, what the name of the app is, but that's dangerous business because to your point, Phil, I mean, you can tell if someone's full of it or not. Um, I love the term online persona. Yeah. I keep saying brand, and that's kind of negative. I mean, you can have a brand that's also a little bit more sincere, yeah. but also to your point, it, it's people's motivation. If your motivation is just attention, yeah, that's, that you could pick up on something like that, I would think, in person.
1: Easy. So I don't know. We'll yeah, see. Fine.
3: Years from yeah. now, we'll see what AI is doing to nutrition and, and to with uh, training programs. Because if it can farm every journal, every editorial, every Iron Radio episode, mm-hmm. you know what's what's that going to mean? It's going to be weird. I yeah. Don't know. Yeah. So all right. I think hi right, guys. Well, I think that's good.
0: Yeah. Lonnie, thanks for coming on.
2: Yeah. yeah. Thank you.
0: That's fun though. I'm glad we waited through the the tech. Um, <laughs> so. Back to the old days. Yep. So, all right, guys. Until next week.